When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Impact Books. Today we are doing part two of Walt Disney by Neil Gabler. This book has totally blown me away, but I'm not gonna lie, it was like a part-time job to read this thing. It is insanely long. Uh, I think even at 3X, it was over 11 hours worth of reading, which means that the book itself naturally is north of 30 hours. Uh, But I'm telling you that this book is worth every second that you spend on it. I was totally blown away. Now this is definitely an entrepreneur's book or if you're really die hard into just biographies of historical figures, I guess you could really get into it. But man, the lessons that are present in this for anybody either who wants to build a business to really, by the way, get a gut check as to whether or not you wanna run a business or for anybody in the middle of it who wants to be able to predict your future as you scale it. The first part of my book review and the first part of the book is really about Walt's um, ascension, the Disney ascension, as they um, translated this unending passion to do something extraordinary, something that had never been done before in animation. And really the first half of the book absolutely captured my imagination as an entrepreneur, as somebody who has a vision that he's trying to bring into the world to hear a story of going from nowhere, middle America, to becoming one of the, while he was alive, certainly one of the most recognized, iconic figures around the world. And they said that he was actually even more famous outside of America than he was in America. And really building his business in one of the most tumultuous times in recent American history. So starts the company in the Great Depression and then goes on um, World War II and that had a massive impact on the company as well. And then the, the sort of red scare where everyone was paranoid, uh, McCarthyism and you know were communists actually trying to bring down Disney. And the biographer in this says that maybe they actually were. And there were moments where it really did seem like um, the red uprising was targeting him and, and trying to bring him down. But ultimately, this is an incredibly, incredibly powerful tale of what it takes to go from nothing to creating one of the most enduring companies of all time, especially in the entertainment industry, something that has been disrupted over and over and over again, going from sound to color, um, animation becoming such an important form, and then all the competitors coming in. I mean, it really, really is, I think, an incredible insight into the life cycle of a company. And that's really what the second half of the book just made abundantly clear to me 
if you're an entrepreneur, if you're already in the middle of this, if it's something that you've been thinking about, to be able to read this book and say, this is what I would go through. And is this something that I'm interested in? Because the amount of passion that you have to have for something and the amount of passion that Walt had for Disney, it, it was so extreme. And that's the only reason that it survived. And as I was reading the pages and hearing all the things that happened to him from the strike, which Disney ends up being sort of half unionized, and then there's this massive strike, and how difficult of a period that was for Walt emotionally to feel like he was being betrayed by um, the employees that he had at the studio, and the way that that really um, changed him and had such a massive impact on the way that he ran his studio and how he began to really cloister himself afterwards and didn't trust people and what that did to the dynamic of the studio and how that really set the studio up for things to come in terms of, you know, people joke at least uh, pre-Bob Iger, people used to joke and call it Mauschwitz and, and full disclosure, I have no idea um, what it's like now, but it, it used to have very much a reputation of being a very, very hard place to work and reading the book and seeing all of the changes that the studio went through was just really, really incredible. So I wanna walk you through some of the key moments and to, to understand the glimpse of humanity that you'll get in going through this book um, in the second half. Again, I've already done part one. So in the second half, the war, and this was something that really surprised me, World War II essentially saved Disney Studios. And when I really think about what is the part that luck and timing play in a company becoming enduring, and I think that you know, as an entrepreneur, I will just tell you, there's a very distressing amount of luck. There's a very distressing amount of timing that goes into making a company that is able to survive all of the tumult. So um, what happened to Disney, they were right before the war broke out, um, as it was breaking out across Europe, the uh, international box office receipts fell. And at one point, I believe that Disney made up more than 50% of its receipts were coming from overseas. So as that began to crater, they had been investing millions of dollars, which at the time was just an ungodly amount of money into, so Snow White was a huge hit, smash hit, made the company flush with cash, and then they were working on Fantasia and Pinocchio, if I'm not mistaken, were their next two big ones, and they had a few more that were farther down in production. I think they, at that point that they began to play with the very, very early days of Cinderella and some other things, which by the way, Cinderella wouldn't come out for like another 15 years or something crazy, but um, so when the international box office receipts began to dry up and they had taken out all of these loans against um, the success of Snow White and they were really in investment mode and had brought on all these um, additional employees to be able to bring out films a lot faster and they had committed to doing one a year, then, you know, unbeknownst to them, obviously war swoops across Europe, the international box office receipts dry up, and now Disney is literally teetering on the brink of insolvency. And Walt's whole thing was he always wanted control. And that's one of the major themes in the second half of the book is control. And that one of the things that, because Walt always insisted that he didn't make movies for kids. And if he's not making them for kids, like what is his real deep expression? And the biographer basically takes the stance that the thing that Walt was really obsessed with was control. And that one display of his control was being able to essentially create life. And you see that both in animation, you see that in his obsession with animatronics, you see that in his obsession with building this um, secondary world, Disneyland, where he could control every aspect of it. Um, and just this real obsession with control. And now you have the war where they are not only just desperate for cash, which puts you at the mercy of your bankers, but 
they became part of the war effort machine. And their biggest client, essentially, all through the war became the US government and doing things for the war effort. And it really creates this weird dynamic for Walt where he's really losing a lot of his passion and enthusiasm. Uh, Fantasia fails, uh, Pinocchio fails, which it was weird for me to read because those have become such classics now. But at the time, they were uh, considered failures that Walt was very unhappy with how they turned out. Um, and, and certainly just financially, there was no arguing it, uh, did not do the company any um, service. And then the war effort saves them. And so they're basically turning out um, very low quality items and Walt is sort of disillusioned with his ability to really create um, great art. He's no longer pushing things from that perspective. Everybody can feel him backing off at the studio. And if it wasn't for the war effort, um, the biographer anyway surmises that they probably would have gone out of business. Now, reading this book, knowing that not only do they not go out of business, that they become one of the biggest, most enduring companies ever uh, was really fascinating to see like sort of how close on the precipice they got. But what I found really, really interesting, and, and I talk about this all the time for entrepreneurs, that you really have to believe in that thing that you're trying to do. And as I was reading the book, and um, I just... I kept thinking, when does Disneyland become a thing? Because he's in such dire straits. Things are going so poorly during the war. After the war, the Red Scare and the strike and everything that was happening, and he begins to you know, really lose interest in um, pushing the art form forward. And like, when does Disney really begin to take off? And they start having some early success in uh, movies that were live action, which was very interesting. They start having Dumbo began to turn the tide for them and became successful when Walt literally abandoned the quality standards and said, just make something fast. And one of those fast things that they made was Dumbo, which ends up being a smash hit, gets things going in the right direction. They start having some wins with the live action stuff. And then you see this return to form for Walt when? When he reignites his passion. And seeing how Disneyland becomes that obsession again, and in him getting obsessed, and maybe the biographer is right, because he can control everything, and he had the capital to build this amazing thing, but it really was him becoming obsessed again, and it all started from a miniature train that he had built around his house and that it was big enough for him to sit on. If anybody's old enough to remember Silver Spoon, uh, it made me think of that. Uh, but he had this miniature train built at his house that went around the property and even had a tunnel and you could ride through the tunnel. And that notion of being able to create these idyllic things that he had this total control over reignited his obsessive passion. And that obsessive passion was the thing that allowed him to really reinvigorate the company, create Disneyland, which for a while was by far the most successful thing that they had going at Disney and that Disneyland really was recouping a lot of losses that they were experiencing over on the filmmaking side and is, by the way, the thing that um, gave me the idea for how we would create Impact Theory. Before I read the book, I, I had already um, heard and, and understood this, that creating the art doesn't necessarily need to monetize on its face, but understanding how the echoes of that ideology can be incredibly, incredibly profitable through merchandising, through things like Disneyland, which were all based on some of the live action and obviously the cartoons that they were doing. And just utterly, utterly fascinating to see how passion was the thing that saw him through. So when people talk about finding your passion, the reason they're saying that, the reason that passion is so important 
is because it is the thing that makes fighting through a strike, fighting through the war, fighting through the Red Scare, fighting through all of the things, the potential bankruptcies and fighting with the banks. It's the passion, the thing that makes you feel alive, that makes it worth fighting for. And that leads us into the, the last thing that I want to talk about and the thing that left the most indelible mark on me and the thing that as an entrepreneur I struggle with the most, which is that a lot of people hated Walt Disney. But you can't deny that what he built was amazing. And how you reconcile having a strong vision, knowing that you need to push your vision forward, and yet knowing just knowing about human nature, if you can get people to believe in you, if you can get them to be excited about what you're doing, if you can get them to feel better about themselves when they're around you than they do when they're not, what more could you build? And for me, that was the question that I kept asking was, was Disney successful because of Walt? Or was Disney successful in spite of Walt? Or was it a combination? And it's the same feeling that I have when you think about Apple and how mercurial um, Steve Jobs was known for being. But not every great leader is like that. So it's this fascinating look at the double-edged sword that raw, unadulterated vision and passion really is. And being able to see when somebody has clarity of vision, like when he decided that he was going to build Disneyland and the obsessive way that he went about it and the way that he would make people do things over and over and over and over and over until they were perfect. And that what he loved about Disneyland was he considered it this living organism that he could keep changing. And that one of the things that drove him crazy about a film was once it was done, it was done. Although, and this was shocking to me, he would actually go back and reanimate parts of the film after they had been launched, which... I literally had no idea that he did that or that anybody did that. I thought Star Wars was sort of the first film that had ever gone back and retroactively changed um, a movie to any significant uh, degree. But very, very interesting. So seeing that clarity of vision, how it was able to drive him, how he was able to ignite other people and get them excited, but it left me asking the question, how can you do that and get people to feel better on a day-to-day -day basis, to love. I mean, there were so many stories of people having heart attacks and um, leaving in bitterness and feeling betrayed both ways, where Walt felt betrayed by the employees. The employees felt belittled and demeaned by Walt. And, but yet it created this extraordinary company which has so captured the world's imagination. And so as an entrepreneur, that to me I think is the thing that I think about the most. I want people to feel better about themselves when they're around me than, when they, than they do when they're not. But at what point does, do you have to really put your foot down and say, but this is the vision and this is what we're gonna execute against? I can't recommend reading this book enough for any entrepreneur out there. It is, it is just an unbelievable journey. It's an unbelievable tale of what it takes to have a vision, to see it through, to really go on the emotional journey of how difficult it must have been, and in the end, to find your rhythm, in the end to really push yourself to think bigger. And, and that was...
When it comes to platforms that will help you run a business, there is no shortage of options on the market. But if you want to use the best, most advanced, and most efficient platform out there, you need to be using Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. With award-winning customer service, the internet's highest converting checkout page, and a suite of integrated AI tools, Tools, Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy to start, run, and grow a business. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly use Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I think if I were going to put one fine point on what I took away from this, because I have no desire to be the um, divisive um, embittered, cloistered genius. Like that 
the the lonely tortured artist hold, holds no appeal for me and i very much got that sense but seeing how he went from thinking small to then believing in himself to then really truly having the arrogance of belief that he could figure it out and that he could make it happen and that towards the end of his career it really was him always trying to put himself in like this impossible scenario where no one believed that he could pull it off because he just wanted to see if he could do it and i found that completely inspiring so check this book out man this is a raw look this is a, a mixed bag of some things he does are amazing and other things will make you cringe. But it's an unflinching look at somebody who built something extraordinary. And even reading it just to go, I would never do that. I would never do it that way. And, but I'm going to take that and I think that's genius. Like you're not going to take it all. But it's the 2020 of hindsight. It's being able to look back on his journey, knowing where it ends up, I think is worth the price of admission. All right. This book gets my highest recommendation. Guys, this is also a weekly show. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And I hope that this one impacts you as deeply as it impacted me. All right. Until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.